apparently. Coming to you from remote, independent, quarantine locations with me tonight are my co-hosts, the exclamation point, the passionate one, Reed. Roll Tide. And the question mark, the man who cares nothing about sports, Rowdy. It me. And in the middle of the period, <laughs> my name is Snoop. Gentlemen, episode 321, how are we? Oh. Um, pretty good. My heart, my heart's back to normal uh, rhythms. Oh, after, after Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm feeling pretty good. All your bones are intact. All my bones are intact so Ra- far. Rowdy, how about you? How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm basically just a human left hand, you know, these days. But <laughs> uh-huh. um, that's what know. I always say about you. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me more about that? Oh, yeah, I probably should add some context here. <laughs> nah. uh, I, it's you know, 50-50. I took, took, took the family for a fun Saturday outing. Just going to make a nice little nice little day out of it. Went make some memories. New, uh, went to the new ice skating rink at the uh, Gain... What is it called? Gainbridge? Fieldhouse, yeah. Fieldhouse. Um, oh, Conseco. Market Square Arena. Uh-huh. Yeah, New uh, w- the the uh, Elevance Health Rink on Bicentennial Unity Plaza. That's too many words <laughs> to describe a place. <laughs> um, which is pretty cool. Like it's a nice ice skating rink right next to the you know Pacers home of the Pacers. Um, speaking of side note, as as we were walking down there, I saw a pickup truck, and it was a. Uh, French Lick, or, or sorry, West Baden Springs police truck outside mm-hmm. of the field house. Damn, so, does Larry Bird get a that's convoy what I was back wanting. and forth? That's what I'm <gasps> thinking. Yeah, I bet so. So, I don't know. You um, think he lives down there? I bet, he, I bet he's I still bet got he, a joint he, down there. Yeah, I bet he gambles down there. Oh, I bet he yeah. still has his mom's house down there. Whom's among us, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Um, so, so it's just a normal uh, ice skating day. Nothing exciting happened. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah. Except for my wife broke her elbow. Oh. And so yeah. So uh, yeah. So I've been been home this week, just you know, doing left hand stuff. Now, yeah. Rowdy, you were saying before the pod that you didn't see exactly what happened, so you're not 100% sure that Tanya Harding wasn't on the rink, correct? That's true. That is true. Um, it could have been, yeah, it, it could have been an act of aggression. She, <laughs> she also could have been faking it uh, to, you know, have a little, you know, did she scream, why me, after she <laughs> fell? No, she was very, very <laughs> subdued, very subdued. Um, in fact, she was like, yeah, let's go get lunch after afterwards, and then start walking to get lunch. And was like, yeah, no, let's go to the med check. Not even so, Olive Garden could heal it. Yeah, so, well, she didn't actually go to Olive Garden. <laughs> oh. We took her to the med check, and then I took the kids to the Olive Garden right across the street from the med check. <laughs> So, <laughs> so we got her some fettuccine. We got her hilarious. some fettuccine to go. So, yeah. was there an endless okay. possible going on or anything? We didn't I know soup and salad, Zupa Tuscani. But it, it made a big impression. <laughs> that Olive Garden, the East Washington Street Olive Garden. That's the I, one. That was that was my first experience of um, finding family. Fine dining. <laughs> fine dining. Fine dining. <laughs> 
Um, so I should have gone to the spaghetti factory. One of my cousins, when 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 one of my cousins was in college, she uh, took a trip abroad to Europe, and when she came back to like welcome her back, I remember we we went out. I went out with my grandparents, and we went to lunch at that exact Olive Garden, Mm -hmm. and we walked in, and I was just like, like we weren't a family that ate out a lot. Um, Unless you were uh, camping, then you go to the Pizza King. Yeah, I mean, if we ate out, it was like mom and pop joints. It was mm-hmm. like tenderloin, you know, tenderloin spots. It wasn't a chain. We weren't a chain restaurant family. So when I went to Olive Garden and I remember tasting that salad for the first time, I was just like, "This is amazing. Like, <laughs> this is this is amazing." And then they bring out the breadsticks. Yeah, dude. And then they keep bringing the breadsticks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So cheese grinder. So, so yeah. So while my wife was getting, you know, examined for her broken elbow, I was just treating my kids to a little bit of luxury. So, um, and hey, there, maybe they had the exact same experience that you had, and oh, thinking like, Whoa. they did because my my youngest, her birthday was this past Monday, and so I was like, hey, what do you want for your birthday meal? She's like, can we get Olive Garden? <laughs> yeah, let's go back. She's like, it's it's it, it's a it, it's as good as the old spaghetti factory. Oh, so, those are yeah. fighting words I in know. your family, boy. Uh, so how long were you at the Olive Garden? Oh, maybe like an hour and a half. We 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 ate, and then while we were waiting there, I ordered some fettuccine to go for my wife so she could have something to eat. And then, but. She's like, well, I still have, you know, this. I still have to see the nurse practitioner, blah, 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 blah. So, um, so yeah, then we went to the East Washington Street Uncle Bill's pet shop and looked at chinchillas and pet store people. Um, <laughs> dude, your, your dad outings sound awesome. They really do. <laughs> With the cat cafe, chinchilla petting, <laughs> Olive Garden. Oh, we didn't touch. I didn't touch that chinchilla. We just we just looked around. <laughs> Did you touch the other pet shop people? No, I just kind of observed. Yeah. Did I don't you wanna, tell I don't, your I don't, girls? I don't want to get too close, but it uh, it is. If you're ever feeling down on yourself, and you're like, or or if you're ever just like getting, you know, if you go into kind of like an anxiety spiral, and you're just like, oh man, I don't know if I'm saving enough money or. You know, if I'm, you know, providing for my children's future, you know, go to an Uncle Bill's pet store in, in, <laughs> in any, you know, convenient location or whatever your local pet uh, pet store is. And you'll instantly feel like, you know what? I think we're I think we're OK. Why? Because you're just looking at beasts caged. No, it's the people. It's the it's the oh. other. It's the it's pet store pet store. There, pet store a, people are unique. Pet store people are unique. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of them, you're just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you function in your day-to-day life when you just yeah. observe them in, in their interactions and and looking at the animals and everything else. It's like, what? Like, okay, well, this person's apparently, um, you know, they're doing well enough that they're able to come to Uncle Bill's to get mice to feed whatever reptiles they have at home so that's that's your that's the bar for yeah like that's a it's just op- opulence and, mm-hmm. and not opulence ju- ju- just like 
You're doing okay. good enough. You're okay. doing good enough to get like your, the, your you know, snake the, alive from my these, house. These, <laughs> yeah. people are, these people are surviving. And if, and if you know... It, you and know, if God they're for, doing it, we all can. God, God forbid I lose my job tomorrow. We have to sell the house. Who knows what could happen? At least I the could, snake won't go hungry. I could, I could still be providing for my snake, if not my children. <laughs> One or the other. Yeah. 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 We also I saw know, a loose, a loose, uh, a loose rat. I, I don't know if you'd call it a rat. I mean, it was like <laughs> a calico rat. Describe loose. Describe yeah. loose. Well, yeah. describe every it, word it, you just said. It ran out. <laughs> we, we're we're standing there looking at the the uh, uh, puppy mill dogs that they have in, uh-huh. in the in the Uncle Bills, and um, Uncle Puppy Mills. I glance over and just see a. I don't know, calico mouse or rat run out from underneath a shelving unit in, in the Uncle Bill's, sees us, and then runs back under its uh, shelving unit where it was living. His shelving it, unit. It, yes, it was because it was the bird seed shelving unit. So it had come oh, out. There you it go. had actually pulled a birdseed bag off the shelf and ripped a hole in it and was just, just eating like Bob the birdseed. Yeah. Just like Bob Seger sang about. Which just song? Pull those birdseed bags off the shelf. <laughs> oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, is that not it? See, that rat is probably the king of its... Ter- that rat escaped a violent death and is now uh-huh. living an opulent life. <laughs> yeah. That's how I would choose to think about that. that it escaped that the snake... Snake tank. Oh, yeah. 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 It's got some night moves for sure. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate when you tell that story how unsure. It's also unsettling, though, how unsure you are of every word that you're saying when you lived it. <laughs> oh, that's just me. That's just <laughs> right. how I that's talk. True. I saw <laughs> a It was either a rat. Or a mouse. I mean, I don't know. I, well, I, I don't. I don't know if it was a rat or a mouse, and I don't know if the proper term is calico. But hopefully, that paints a word picture for you. It does paint a word picture for me. Thank I have you. room for it in my mind palace. Is there, this is the there, magic of radio? Is yeah. this? Was there any concern <laughs> from the Uncle Bill folk that this thing that this thing was out? Whatever. Oh was. no! I hell uh, no! It earned daughter, its freedom. M- my or daughter is that went, just sh- in, in, in like the pet shop world. Is this just shrinkage? Feel like, yeah, yeah if, I so. If I, I, I was kind of like, watching well, for it to come back out, and then I sent my youngest. I was like, "Hey, you should go go talk to that uh, woman over there. She works here. Like, go go tell her that there's a rat or something out." And so she went over to the employee who was. Um, you know, one of the like little booths where people can come and like pet one of the puppy mill dogs. Um, I've never been to an Uncle Bill's, but oh, you yeah. should totally go. Me neither. They're great. Um, so she tells the woman, she's like, "Hey, we just saw like a mouse or rat run out." From and she goes, that. "Yeah, they're two for twelve dollars." Oh, and she's like, "She's like, <laughs> oh yeah, they do that." Like, See? Oh, so that's okay. just it. That's Ricky. He works there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, you're yeah. not really selling me on this as a pet, though. If you're like, oh, yeah, they get loose. Like, all the time. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> now, Rowdy, before but, you went into Uncle Bill's, did you inform your girls that they are not to even think about touching the birds? Yeah, they know. 
Okay, good. <laughs> they know. Good. I've raised them right. Yeah. At least in that regard. So, <laughs> you don't let them touch the birds? Not even a little no. bit? No! I mean, first, you're not supposed to. There's signs I mean, that say don't touch. Uh, th- maybe there's a, there's a loophole for exotic birds that are going to outlive you, but mm. I'm still not a fan. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a commitment. Some of those birds can live a very, like, Oh, like 80 years or something. Some of them. That's like a turtle or a tortoise. Yes. Oh, yes. That's also, yeah, that's a commitment I don't need. Yeah. You remember when our buddy moved into that house and the Mm -hmm. tortoise lived there? And he drowned. And it it was just like, this is, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, in Las Vegas. The tortoise, it drowned? The tortoise had land rights. So when yeah. they built this addition, it was like a tortoise area, and so you yeah. had to let the tortoise live in your backyard. Yes. And the tortoise would, like, go into its, like, little hole and stay there all winter and then come out, mm-hmm. and they'd feed the tortoise and everything. And then it, and there was a pool in the backyard. It lived there for oh years. Oh, my gosh. And it fell in. They killed the tortoise? It fell in and drowned. In the desert. It drowned in the desert. Yep. The irony, huh? Mm-hmm. There's a lot. And, the thing yeah. he, and he was probably 65 years old, too. I, I was going to leave out the drowning part to the story because I thought it was more wholesome. If we were like, oh, yeah, they just moved into a house. Hey, and hey the man. Live there. Tortoises drown. Circle of We got to be real. Yeah. We got to be we real. We know this. We know this. Yep. I mean, that's drown. how you know it's not a turtle, I guess. It, precisely. Oh, there you go. Yeah, if you, ever, if you ever wonder if it's a turtle or a tortoise, throw it in a pool. Throw it in the water. See, see what if happens. it dies. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't know if most turtles would like pools either. I don't know what chlorine would do to them. Uh, okay, let me walk that back. Don't. Let's not throw reptiles in pools. Do, well, it depends on I, the I reptile. Feel, I, I feel like I feel a responsibility to society to say, please don't throw reptiles in pools. But are all we, reptiles? We have, we have some. We have some fun here. <laughs> yeah. But, but are all reptiles equal? In your mind, Rowdy. Oh. Yeah, throw snakes in pools. That's fine. Yeah. No, throw snakes off of, I'm pretty off sure of though, cliffs. But I'm pretty sure any snake is just going to... I think all snakes swim. Mm, I don't know about that. For a while. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask I'm gonna ask Google. Hey, Google, do all snakes I've swim? I've been chased by snakes on the river before, and that's not cool. Those all black... Sn- all those water banded snakes water are snakes mean. are aggressive, dude. They, they are, are very mean. aggressive. Yep. Here we go. Yeah. All snakes can swim. <sighs> and, most, and most swim below the water. Uh, what? Below the water? Hey, man. I'm just telling mm. you, snakes can swim. All Th- snakes can swim. If you, this reminds me. If you're not me. sure, if, you, if you're looking at a reptile and you're like, I don't know if that's a snake, throw it in water. It'll be clear to you after that. This reminds me, RIP to the r- black rat snake at Mountain State Park. What? <laughs> what? It died. How do you know? Like the one off the trail? N- no, the one in the nature in, center. Oh, in nature the nature center? center? Oh, okay. And, and, the, and there's not going to be another one. Because you can't find them this time of year. Oh. So they're going to have to wait till the spring to catch another one. Let them live. Just live on their... I mean, they just hang out on the trail. Just let them live. Dude, they are down there on that trail, river trail yeah. in the summer yeah. all the time. Those things are monsters. Mm-hmm. Snatch them up. 
Yeah. Well, guys, it, we're like 15 minutes into this. Yeah. I, so I, mean, I know. I know you guys are fascinated by you know my nice Saturdays, but yeah, where you. I don't know if everyone life. is. All I right. did not. I did not. I did not push her. <laughs> I did yeah. not push her. Okay. Okay. It sounds like a real he said she said kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we could get into it, I guess, because uh, we are a sports podcast. We do sports things here. We talk about sports, like ice skating. It's a sport. Actually, it's a competition. That's true. We have been covering sports. Yeah. Yeah. And we're snake get... chasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a sport. Yeah. Turtle certain... tortoise drowning. Uh huh. <laughs> Not a sport. Tortoise Compe- swimming. Com- not, competition. Doesn't go great, but <laughs> yeah, not not always the way we want it to end. But let's get into the headlines here. Hey, Rowdy, how about some sports? How about it? Okay. Um, you want to say this that headline name? just says Wouter Jan Van Dick. Yeah, guys, are you familiar with the Baja One Thousand? No. Uh, okay, well, it's an annual Mexican off-road motorsport race oh, held yeah. in Baja, California, every year. It's probably considered one of the most. Prest- it, it is considered one of the most prestigious off-road races in the you world. You said 1,000? 1,000. Is that kilometers? 1,000-mile race. Oh, wow. miles. It's been held uh, every year since 1967, and it's now it's a sanctioned race. It used to be not so sanctioned, but now it is a sanctioned race. There's also the Baja 400 and the Baja 500, but we're going to focus in on the Baja 1,000. Now, is well, this me, one of the races right that has a navigator? So that's a great question, and we're going to get into that in just All a right. second. Rowdy, you had a question? I have a question. Is this... Yes. Was this race the... Was this race what inspired the Subaru Baja? Yeah, yeah, that and lesbianism. I was going to say, that's just lesbians. <laughs> yeah, those things, two things together. The Subaru Baja is dope. The Brat's better. I'm the fine. Baja is not dope. <laughs> you, the yeah, Subaru Baja? No, dude. Oh, the okay. Brat. I will give you the Brat. The Baja no, listen, sucks. If you if you see a <laughs> okay, I'll if you have just like a a silver like all silver Subaru Baja. You have never seen a sil- you have never seen a Subaru Baja that's not banana yellow. That's they look great, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Are you kidding I just, me? Uh, I don't think they look no, great, and I don't uh, think they're a great car. But I every time I, I see one, I'm like, yeah, I would drive that. Okay, that's not what I think. <laughs> but when I see one in the wild, I get a little excited. Yeah, especially they are nowadays. rare. They are rare, rare these days, and they're, they're rare, getting yeah. rarer because they're they have terrible frames that all rust out, yeah. and a lot of them fold in half. Oh, for real? Oh. Yeah. So. Not and only car. women drive them, so they're never going to make and, it out. And Imagine and one and of them <laughs> just murdered out. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. All black. A murdered yeah. out Baja. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, back to the Baja 1000. Back, back to the Baja 1000. That was so inspired this is, by this amazing Subaru. This is a very rigorous race that goes days. This year, they had it. So, and the cutoff is 50 hours. So a lot Damn. Of, you have... You have multiple classes that that um, that enter this race too. You, you you were talking about the trophy trucks, so you have trophy trucks that come in side by sides, the big unlimited 
trucks that you know it's it, it's just a skin on top of yeah yeah the tubular all those chassis. huge mm. suspensions on them yeah right we're talking like uh, we're we're talking like million dollar trucks trophy trucks right so it takes a lot to enter this race and a lot of planning and a lot of time and a lot of expertise unless you're a Dutch man living in Australia by the name of Wouter Jan van Dijk who decided six months ago that he was going to enter the like Baja this. 1000 I because like one time his buddy did it. So he figured, yeah, I could probably do that. If that idiot can do it, I can do it. Yeah. So he entered <laughs> what's called the Promoto Ironman class. That means he's one rider, one bike, 1,300 miles, no help, no pits, oh, nothing. Oh, on a dirt bike? On a dirt bike. They oh. Do, yes. Oh, God. Yep. So he, his friend Shane Moss did it in 2019. He said to his friend Shane, hey, you know, I th- I've been thinking about doing this. He's like, oh, yeah, you could totally do this. <laughs> so if you're going to do it, why not do the Iron Man version? He figured this was a great idea. So about a month before the race, he starts reach, reaching out to people on social media to see if he can get any help shipping some tires from Australia to outside of San Diego. He well, found they don't a have guy tires in San media. Diego? That, what's that? They don't have tires in San Diego? Well, they, they do have tires in San Diego, and luckily they also have used uh, KTM 500 <laughs> EXCs you can find on Craigslist because that's what he did. Kawasaki. It was a Craigslist bike? He, he sent himself tires, then went on... Then flew him his whole body to San Diego to buy a bought bike. a used bike on Craigslist, rode that bike from San Diego to La Paz, Mexico, where it starts. Fixed wow! The, at that point, he has these bald tires, like road tires, on his his bike. He has nothing to change it over. Rolls it into the initial inspection, and I guess these inspections, like they kind of let anybody do it. It's, it's Mexico. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, it's, but they're just like, yeah, okay, if you're going to do it, fine. Like, you're taking your, your own your, sign your here. Own life. Yeah, exactly. You're, okay, you want a number? Yeah. Yeah. When they were in the inspection, they found out that the bike subframe was cracked. Oh. So, with, he, he's not a welder. With the help of some other guys before they start the race, he welds the bike back together. Someone loans him tires that will actually run on the uh, sand and dirt, etc. And takes his now used bike that he just bought, two saddlebags of what he calls the bare minimum of supplies, and just and starts the race without GPS at 1:30 in the morning. My God, unbelievable story so far, right? Most yeah. of the time, these end with, oh, man, this guy is going to die. Nay, sir, by mile marker one at 233, he's in first place for his class. There's 27 other Ironman motocross riders, and he's first. By mile marker 599, he's still in second. Somewhere wow. in the last 100 miles, uh, he, his, the GPS that they gave him, the little be- beacon, mm-hmm. fell off. And he crashed his bike, and the tire wouldn't seed on the wheel. Oh, man. He, it wouldn't hold air. So he was 
writing that and navigating by the stars, going from convenience store to the convenience store to get food and gas. Wow. When he finally makes it back to the starting line, while he he's distracted. This part I didn't understand when I read this story. So it said some writers distracted him while other writers actually zip-tied his tire to his wheel so <laughs> tightly that it would hold air. He put air in his tire wow. and he finished the race. Right, I think it was 12 minutes. I read 12 minutes under the 50-hour cutoff. That's baller. He was... One of only 12 riders in the Ironman motocross class to actually finish. So half of them didn't even finish. Jeez. And this guy on a lark decided, yeah, I'm going to do this. So he said, while they were doing the tire, I didn't Australians, even know they were doing man. it. I went to the map to look at it, and before I knew it, they filled the tank and started zip tying the wheel all over the bike. So he finished 48 hours, 27 minutes, 3 seconds. That includes penalties. He finished 7th in his class. uh, And he finished with less support than anyone in the race, obviously. Uh, He said the last 6 hours he was a zombie. And he had, yeah, no idea where he was going. This guy's unbelievable. Dude. So give it up for Wouter Jan Van Dyke. Of Australia. That is amazing. That's Australians a great story. Are crazy. That's a yeah. ball boy. I mean, that is we'll, a ball we'll boy. probably have another ball boy, but man, that's a ball boy. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy, he just, it's, it's kind of crazy that he would go and do this, but also crazy that he just would think that other people somehow were just going to take care of him. That's the one part of the story where I'm like, you didn't even, there were, you didn't even bring anything, so you were just hoping somebody would have stuff for you at some point. Like at one point, about halfway through the race, he drove through another rider's pit and took food, tacos that they had. Like, <laughs> hey man, can I grab some of that? And they were like, yeah, of course, sure, go ahead. So he was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing uh, it. That that's is, pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's so, a great... That's a great story. That's yeah. inspiring. That makes me want to run through a wall. There you go. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, so give it up for Wooter, Wooter Jan. Good job, Wooter von John von Dick. <laughs> Man. Uh, boy, that it does make me, you know, thinking about all that time in the desert, though, it does make me hungry. So I think it's time to talk about the Pop-Tart Bowl. Oh, yeah. Oh, Formerly man. the Cheez-It Bowl, right? Yeah. I oh, really? So. Oh, so we've ditched Cheez-Its for Pop-Tarts, huh? That's right. Okay. Yes, this is Well, there was the... two Cheez-It Bowls. There was the Cheez-It Bowl yes. and there's the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, right? Yes. So now the Cheez-It Gross. Bowl is the Pop-Tart Bowl and the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl stays the Citrus yes, Bowl. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Cheez-Its and Orange be, Juice yeah, don't so work. So the Pop-Tarts Bowl no. will be held at Camping World Stadium in Orlando on December 28th, uh, featuring teams from the ACC and Big 12. So, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, you know, I love Cheez-Its. We all love Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. But Pop-Tart Bowl, like, some interesting, I mean, it, who doesn't love Pop-Tarts? I had a Pop-Tart the other day for the first time in a very long time. Oh, really? That's pretty Did good. Did you put butter on it? No. Nah. It was oh, a, yeah, dude. it was a 
maple like waffle flavor or something. Nope. Like the icing had like lattice, like it was a waffle, nah, but it was maple in the maple on no. the inside. It was pretty good. No. Yeah. Well. Anything I like anything maple though. Brown maple, sugar and cinnamon, maple strawberry, strawberries. Yeah, uh, stick to the classic. Strawberry and, and cherry and are very good. Keep that frosting off there. Slap some butter on. Yeah. Nah, I like got, the frosting. You, you got a breakfast going. Hey, what is um, special about the Pop Tart Bowl this year? Did well, you this, happen to read anything yeah, that's happening? So one of the fun things that's happening at the Pop Tart Bowl is the mascot will actually become an edible mascot. So <laughs> it, I believe how many the milligrams? winners of the Pop Tart Bowl exactly, will, exactly right. If you <laughs> if you've got if you've got a Pop Tart Bowl and there weren't edibles involved, I mean, where are, yeah. where are we? What are we yeah. doing? Exactly, yeah. it's great. So what's well, gonna happen? and so this so this is this is the same game, by the way. So just to give some context, like we mentioned, it's the um, it, it's the same bowl that last year was the the Cheez It Bowl. Uh-huh. Where there was, you know, all all of the, there was a uh, hotel room called the Cheese at Paradise. There were all kinds of fun cheese related things that happened around this game, um, but the mascot is going to be edible. Mm-hmm. We don't know what flavor it will be. Uh, according to the Pop Tarts people, they say. They, they will not give away the flavor. People have to tune in December 28th. They said the Pop-Tarts Bowl, these, these are the Pop-Tarts people talking. They say the Pop-Tarts Bowl edible mascot will be the size of a typical college football mascot, which is human size. What? Like six to eight feet tall, right? Yeah. Well, they're like human size, but they're, yeah. I mean, it's a big Pop-Tart. Yeah, that's a giant here. Pop-Tart. It's like a uh, like a uh, full bed size pop yeah. tart, <laughs> and they're so, saying they're going to make it out of the same stuff that normal pop tarts are made of. Same frosting, sprinkles, filling, same everything. old normal, totally uh, fine. But whole that foods. it will be the first of its kind for the brand. So I don't um, understand this. I've got problems now. I didn't realize that it was going to be full sized. That's weird. Is it going to be? What do you think the arms or- and legs taste like? Oh yeah. Well, human, see, that's what I'm wondering flesh. because in the commercials, <laughs> in the commercials, the pop tart with a face, which I don't love. Right, pork, I don't love like the, pork. The, the, the eyes are too low. Yeah, the, the pop. Guy. T- yeah, the well, they're going for that like Japanese like chibi look, but it's not. They're not doing it. It just looks insane. Is. I don't either. <laughs> uh, ch- the chibi, it's like the cute like Japanese like they put the eyes and everything low. Like they're very small and it, it's a thing. Gotcha. Um, C H I B I. Just Google yeah. it. You'll you'll see. But I'm good. So this this is the same guy that goes gives us a 45 minute uh, lesson on Abner Doubleday, but all he can say is with chibis is just right. Google it. It's just look thing. it up. Yeah, it's a Japanese thing. I'm just I'm just surprised you don't know. Uh, Are you though? Are you? But in in the in the commercials I've seen, this mascot it wants to be eaten, and the the pop tart with the face kind of falls backwards but when it falls backwards the legs and face and arms disappear and then it's eaten it just turns into a normal pop tart so i think that's 
my guess is I don't know that it's going to have legs and arms or a face. I think it's going to just be well. Then that's not a, a mascot. Trophy, instead of a trophy, they bring out a gigantic, you know. It's got to. It's got to have. It's got to move part. around, and that's my problem with this. Yeah, a mascot is so? not a trophy. It, okay. I. I mean, this is. I'm not interested in watching any football game. But these are the questions that intrigue me and make me want to tune in on December 28th at 5.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Because, yeah, I, it, is yeah, it I gotta a person in a costume and we have Pop-Tart draped around them? Yeah. Does the winner just receive a gigantic six-foot Pop-Tart and they all mm. take bites of it? Mm-hmm. Um and, and in a post-COVID world, too, this is what we're doing. We're putting a person, I, I'm assuming here. We're, we're not, a per- buddy, we're not post-COVID. We're just COVID. In we're, a just COVID. Co- we're, in, we're just in COVID world. Yeah, we're living in a COVID world. Uh, so in a COVID world, we're, we're planning on taking a person, putting them in an editable suit, having them parade around. Probably Maybe feet. we don't know if it's a suit. That's the thing. It's well, then it's not it's a, a mascot. Wait, uh, do you think that they're going to bake a person into a Pop-Tart? You think that's the other option? I don't know. They're just going to wheel, okay, wheel this big-ass quilt-sized Pop-Tart we, out there? Okay, I think we need to stop, and each one of us needs to explain what we think this is. It's got to be wearable. It's got to be wearable. When you hear this, paint a word picture for us for what is in your head for what this is. I imagine the chibi, as you called it, uh, with the character, little character, the character, arms and legs. And and this, to me, also makes the most sense because when you look at that character, there's a lot of Pop-Tart above the eyes, the forehead of the Pop-Tart, if you will, that somebody could take a bite of. So Mm -hmm. I think it's more of a flat Pop-Tart. Of course, Pop-Tarts have a little bit of a bump, but it's from, let's say, thigh up. It's a person, but from thigh up, we're basically all Pop-Tart. So there's a person person in a costume. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, and, and, and we is, have a we have a costume. Oh, there's just a, a section of it that's pop tart for the lower lower half. Let's say the lower half of the body is costume, and the upper half is edible. It's, there's a part of it that's edible. I'm assuming like the top third Above of it is the edible. Head. So they're okay. gonna kneel down and chomp down on this. But th- that's the problem I have. If that's the case, then this person is just walking around basically with an open container of food. You don't think that people are going to touch this mascot? They're just going to be fingering a Pop-Tart. And then you expect 80 young men to gather around, yep. 80 well, sweaty young men to gather around and okay, take a bite out so of it. The, what do you think it's going to uh, be? Uh, the Tampa Bay Times, when they spoke to the Pop-Tarts people, they that was their last question they said. What sanitary, finally, what sanitary precautions will be in place leading up to the celebratory feast? And Pop-Tart, the Pop-Tart, uh, I just say, huh? The bee said, the safety of attendees is our top priority. Oh! Pop-Tarts is following food safety protocols and guidelines when developing the edible mascot for the Pop-Tarts bowl. I bet you it's guys got in it. I bet it's in it. I bet it's in it's, a package. It's the package. And they the take cellophane. the package off. See, I'm what envisioning. Do you mean, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? The cellophane package that a pop tart. Yeah, comes I know in. what you, I know what <laughs> pop tarts packaging is, 
But you're saying there's a Why mascot. are you offended that we I know. would say that? No, I'm Get just saying, up. like, I, I, I'm trying to, I, again, paint a word picture here for me. I, so I, a, I got a, a word man, picture. A man runs out in a, in a foil package? Yes. And then, and then the players rip the package off. If, the winner. There's still a, a man in there, right? You're right. If it's a mascot, then that, mas- that needs to be there the entire game. You don't yeah, really got to dance. You got to dance. Oh, do push you're up. saying to protect, yep. to protect the edible portion of the mascot costume. It has the wrapper. The mascot will be in foil, and then I after they win, the, the foil will be ripped off, and the edible top third, you said, will be eaten. Here's what it's going to be, all right? <laughs> Pop-Tarts come in twos. It's just a dude in a sandwich board uh, made out of Pop-Tarts. One Pop-Tart? Two. You said it's going to be made front, out of the same stuff. Front and stuff. back. Front and back. I know Pop-Tarts with the straps over his shoulders. He's just going to be uh, walking around like a sandwich board, but it's two giant Pop-Tarts. I got you. Okay. And then he can okay, dance. He can, you know, shoot the, the T-shirt cannon. He can do all that yeah. action. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right. Here's here's Dang, my theory. That's here's, too, there, I'm going to paint a word picture. This is what it is. <laughs> so my guess is they're going to have a guy in a Pop-Tart mascot costume. Full costume. Not Nothing is edible. It's all costume. The guys, are, you know, run around, do normal mascot stuff. After whatever team wins, wins, we'll see this mascot, like, There'll be some kind of like smoke and mirrors that happens. The pop tart will like, the the pop tart will like fall backwards or something. Maybe we have like a big like smoke this burst is, of smoke. This is turning the into a Chris Angel character thing. Character gets pulled out, and when the smoke clears, what's left is a giant edible pop tart. No, you're it's wrong. like the no, character I has disagree. become a giant you're, edible pop tart. And the players will get to eat this giant pop. Rowdy, Chris Angel, co- Chris Angel is not going to be at the pop tart no. bowl. Right. We'll per, see. Per <laughs> per the pop tart bowl from our colleague Nicole Arabach, the bowl says when the final whistle blows, the winning team will celebrate by taking a bite of the giant pastry mascot. Yes, but the giant pastry no. mascot will will fall backwards and. When they land, oh, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna I bet be- they're gonna they're gonna I, become just a giant actual pop tart. You you got it now. What they're gonna do is gonna take the giant pastry mascot and put that giant pastry mascot in a giant toaster, push it oh, down, and it's gonna yes. pop up. And when it comes, okay, oh, there it is. That's what <laughs> yep, it is. I like that's it. so much like better it. than the smoke. Okay, yes, that's what it is. There's gonna be a giant toaster, and it's gonna be yes. molten. That's icing it. and it's gonna burn the hell we out watch. of everybody. December twenty eighth at five forty five p.m. This is what we will see. Yes, yeah. I'm, I gotta I set totally a reminder. Co- because you can't have an edible costume just running around the whole time. That's what it's I'm just a, It's just a normal costume. You could, but yes, <laughs> it has to yeah. go. It, you want it to go in the toaster, and it's gonna come out. Read. They're not yes. gonna be running around with an edible costume the whole time. This is not Caligula. We're not gonna. <laughs> No, I mean, they can have clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, man. Spilling well, wine I think we, all I, over I think it. we solved that. We're like 40 minutes in, so we should probably move on. Yeah. Um, so we have a commish cast this week. We do. Sure. 
Let's jump into the commish cast and see what the commish is is up to in this. uh, We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if voicemail uh, time limits cut him off. (laughs) Let's see if if he's got any uh, previews of Notre Dame's championship week. Oh, that sounds awesome. Listeners, I apologize. I'm technically calling a day late. That's because I had to uh, travel to Nova Scotia to find the Pac-12 network. Because, <laughs> uh, God, no one has the Pac-12 network. Uh, what, what network hosted the uh, Notre Dame-Stanford game? It was the last broadcast of the of that entire entity. Which was kind of hilarious. So Notre Dame won 56 to 23. <laughs> uh, Andre Gestamay just basically, yeah, quite literally pounded and carried Stanford anywhere they wanted, anywhere he wanted to go on the on the field. I uh, was 25 yards away from uh, the all-time most yards in a single game. Wow. The Irish. He could have gotten that because he set out the entire fourth quarter, but. Nevertheless, that's um, wasn't hilarious though. That like the whole second half, the broadcasters just like kept naming people that the broadcast, like the producers and the tech people, and it's like a funeral. Blah, 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 blah. It was just yeah. so funny yeah. to be like, oh, they're getting ready to lose their job. That's why they're being yeah. announced right now. Uh, congratulations to Reed. That was an amazing uh, fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. Fourth down, I should say. Uh, fourth and a mile. And they somehow got it. That's what happens when you throw a, a prevent defense on a quarterback. So, yep. Anyways. Um, yeah, man, that was Yeah, dumb. we'll find out here soon. And I'll, uh, fingers crossed, be with you guys in person soon. We'll talk later. Go Irish. <laughs> succinct yeah much better than last week yeah there you go it is true I didn't even bother watching the game by the time I got around to it Notre Dame was up by 20 I think so I'm like yeah I'm just gonna just gonna not you're you're good yeah I know how this is gonna go I Mm -hmm. kept an eye on the game Uh, but that does segue in well to read first off Congratulations on the Iron Bowl. Thank you. Quick recap for those of us who did. Oh, I did watch it. For those who didn't watch it. Quick recap is Alabama could have been up 21 to 0 in the first quarter and emptied out Jordan Hare Stadium by halftime. But instead, since it was on the plains, it was going to be insane. And it ended up being insane. Uh, Rowdy, since I know you know nothing about what happened, Alabama is down by. Four. 20 to 24. Is this yeah. when I was at Olive Garden? You uh, were, yes. Yeah, yeah the same day. Same day, yeah. Okay. Uh, Alabama's down by four. Got to score a touchdown to take the lead. Less than a minute on the clock. Actually, I think it was about 38 seconds. Fourth and th- goal from the 31-yard line. Now, they were, uh, it was third and like six or eight. And then all of a sudden, the center snapped the ball, and we lost uh, like 30 yards or 25 yards. Now, quick caveat here. 
if you go digging around, uh, an Auburn linebacker standing right next to the official clapped his hands and causing the center to snap the ball. But mm. the officiating in that game was some of the worst I've ever seen. They missed a huge face mask at the very beginning of the game on Alabama, and instead of it being 15 yards for Auburn, they called illegal contact against Auburn and gave five yards to Alabama. Uh, later on uh, in that game, Auburn had three players in motion, yet it was a neutral zone infraction on Alabama. I mean, it was just atrocious uh, officiating all throughout the game. Nonetheless, Rowdy, with less than 40 seconds left from the 31-yard line, Jalen Milrow throws a touchdown to the back corner to Isaiah Bond to take the lead and ultimately win the game. Fourth and goal on the 31-yard the line. They rushed two defenders, had a spy, and had eight defensive backs in the end zone, and he still threw it to the corner to Isaiah Bond for the touchdown. Unbelievable ending, <laughs> just as wild as the kick six, I think. Of course, mm -hmm. uh, bet, and this was the 10-year anniversary of the kick six, which is wild to think about. Um, so Alabama wins Survives. the Iron Bowl. Survives uh, the Iron Goes Bowl. to 11-1 and one, and now plays Georgia this Saturday in the SEC title game where they are in the Nick Saban era, undefeated against Georgia in the SEC title game. Just a Is little true? tidbit there for you. I didn't know that. Facts, player. Is that true? That's against Kirby and uh, Richt. I did not know that. Yeah. So any time that they've both gone, it's because I don't think Alabama Georgia has there. Georgia hasn't beaten Alabama in the Saban era except in the title game, uh, which was what twenty one. 21 title game, I think. Um, so big game coming up uh, on Saturday. Uh, now, every game minute. is big I on thought, Saturday. Oh, no, that's right. Wait, the year that Alabama won it against, the first year Alabama won it against Georgia, didn't, wasn't that a rematch of the SEC title game? In 20? I'll have to think about that. It doesn't matter. It could have been. I don't remember. Yeah. They beat them the year okay. that they didn't win the SEC and got in and beat them. Yeah. Um, no, I think Alabama won the SEC in 20, and then it was a rematch. And Georgia got them. Um, or not in 20, in 21, I mean. Uh, so now the rankings are as follows. Michigan, uh, or, uh, sorry, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Washington Florida, State. Florida State, Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, Alabama. Now, Rowdy, I'm sure you're wondering, just like everyone else in the nation is wondering, is how the hell is Ohio State ahead of Texas and Alabama? No one knows. That is, yeah. No one knows mind? other than the committee is a bunch of fools that are keeping them there so that they can basically do whatever they want. That the more I think about it, Snoop, is I really think that is it. But by keeping Ohio State at six, now they can rig them a roll to basically do whatever they want. I mean, ultimately, so. depending on some outcomes, but, uh, I mean, 
they can actually they could actually put Ohio State in. Right. Which is insane. <laughs> that a one loss non champion at a six seed could get in. But you keep saying that, but that's what happened with Alabama when they made it in at the on the four. Yeah, but the field was not like it was back then. There were not eight teams in the running that year. There are eight teams in the running this year. That has never happened before in the college football playoff, that there are eight teams that could get in. Yeah, I don't remember that, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's probably true. I, I think that was the year. I don't think there's ever time. been four undefeated teams in the college football playoff going into championship week. There has not been. There yeah. has not been uh, all undefeated. So that is, this, is, this is wild. Right. So uh, what's the scenario... What's for the so for Bama to get in, Bama, Bama math. math. What's the fan math? Like, how crazy does it have to be? Florida get State's got to lose. Um, the Oregon-Washington doesn't really matter because one of those teams is in, although I think it'd probably be better if Oregon won. Um, yeah. Well, especially because Washington hasn't been favored, and I think they're the last... Three games. They're like a nine and a half point underdog in Las Vegas. Yeah, nine and a half. That doesn't seem right. Oregon has been overrated, in my opinion, all year as well. They've been ranked too high. After their loss to Washington, they stayed too high, in my opinion. Texas and Alabama haven't moved since the college football playoff rankings came out. That is which is wild. Well, Alabama started at 10, basically, but yeah, they haven't moved. Which is wild to think about. Uh, Florida State yeah. loses. Alabama wins. Um, Ohio State still doesn't do anything. Ohio State's neutral. They're not, they're not even playing. If, if Alabama wins, Oregon wins, Louisville beats Florida State, and Texas beats... Oklahoma State. So you think it's, if Texas it's, beats them? It's Michigan, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. So if you think you think it, if Texas beats... Okay. So, I gotcha. I think if Alabama wins, Georgia's out. Okay. I don't know how you keep Georgia in. First off, that's the best... Uh, Alabama would have the best win in college football. And if, if, if the... Allegedly, history doesn't matter, so it doesn't matter that Georgia's one twenty-nine straight or is going for their three-peat. So here's, but I think I, I guess I think those things might matter to the to the college football. Well, then you got because that's then you got inevitably who picks it. Well, then you got to put in right? that Alabama's won six out of the last twelve. Uh no, I don't think you do. Well, if you're putting that Georgia's won the last two, why don't you put that Alabama's won six out of the last twelve? Because history, history is history. No, no, no. I'm saying they're looking at his not, not thinking about history as like what have they done historically. It's can they create history? Can they make history by going three in a row? I think that the the committee could look at that and say oh well we would re- how many eyes are we going to get if we do that we're going to get more eyes if we can if we have the storyline of georgia possibly winning three in a row now what do you I'm, that what do you think yeah. about their screw up in 
in hindsight, their screw-up last year of putting TCU in. Why would it have been a screw-up? Because they, got, they lost by 50 in the national title. I don't game. think that that just of, like... Is it the four best teams or is it not? Because they, they talk about it, it the, be four the four best, best teams, but it's rarely the four best teams. Right. It could be it could be the four best teams, and the one of those four best teams can have a bad day. I don't think that the outcome necessarily means that the process is wrong. You can have an outcome that is different that's that still says, well, our process was right. The way we went about picking the teams was correct. And we always and even if you look at it last year, we all said there isn't really four best teams. There was like three great teams and another team that was deserving. So I don't I, I, both things can be true, I guess, is what I th- but those two things to me are true. The thing about whether or not, oh, well, because they lost by 50 points, they weren't the best team. No, well, they had a they had a crappy day like you. How good was that? How much better is Alabama than Auburn? Quite a bit. But well, that's the Iron Bowl. That's a, that's a that hits. Different. That's a different won. animal. That that may be true, but and they were able to go through and win it at a really what a four win out Auburn team. At least Texas, their one loss I think came five in the wins. rivalry game at a neutral at a neutral field, and they lost by the same I think three points, and it's a ranked team. So Texas has Texas they both has have one loss. Texas is two and once against top twenty five teams, and I think Alabama is three and one. Against the last, yeah, and they, the last, and they, this current top twenty-five, right? And their strength to the schedule was like two and three. I can't even remember. Their strength to schedule and strength of record. Texas and Alabama are very close in all of those. So here, all of those categories. But, but here's the thing that I say th- for the, the head-to-head. Head. The 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 thing the takeaway for me is, it comes down to the committee and what the committee Oh yeah, wants. for because sure. Every 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 year it's different. And they actually were asking I found these quotes from Bill Hancock, who's the director of the college football playoffs. He said tiebreaker criteria are not prioritized. So it'll be up to the judgment of each committee member which of the tiebreakers are more important to him or her. Right? So that's one. And then they asked Boo Corrigan, same thing. That dude's a dud. And he said, seven of the eight teams are playing in conference championships. Quite frankly, we're all looking forward to watching them. And he said, head-to-head is head-to-head, no matter when the game is played. And that's how we look at it. So that's two people that are one saying... Conflicting, ah, conflicting arguments. Right, but they're saying tiebreakers don't... So at least Hancock's saying, it's going to come down to the people in the room, and everybody's going to look at it differently. So I don't know that you can just... You say, well, if I think if Alabama wins, that's going to take care. I read somewhere where it said that takes care of three spots. If Alabama wins, they're all the way up to five, no problem. Now, how do they get to four? How do they get to the four position? Like, what has to happen? Because, um, like, even Ohio State went from the two to the six. So, like, moving four spots is possible, but other things have to happen. The, the so, Ohio State thing kills me. Ohio State could not. I don't think Ohio State could beat any of the seven other teams. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, either. it's crap. Like, what are they doing? Yeah. Maybe Florida State. Maybe right Florida. Yeah, because they lost their quarterback. With, right. 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 But, but they're not beating yeah, Oregon, Washington, they'd... Georgia, Michigan, obviously, Texas, or Alabama. I don't even think they'd be favored in any of the games. Well, see, and that's where I think 
it's really going to come down to is Las Vegas. Is if you look at the spreads and you look at the odds that I think the closest spread currently is two and a half Florida State over Louisville. And then it's five and a half or six Georgia over Alabama. And then the rest of them are double digit spreads. Well, 23 for Michigan over yeah. Iowa. <coughs> Their first oh, if Iowa wins, it's on. <laughs> the first half over under. Iowa's total well, uh, for the first half is, is half, one point, half of What's one point. Iowa's highest score this season, like 22 points? Oh, I don't even know. What's the cri- what, what's the, uh, what scenario makes it so there's no SEC teams? There's a scenario. There's a couple scenarios. Oregon wins. Florida State wins. Michigan wins. Texas wins. Alabama wins. I mean, they could do that. If everyone wins except for Georgia, they could keep Georgia and Alabama out. I don't think they will. I mean, I'm hearing I'm hearing uh, uh, scenarios where Georgia and Alabama are both in. Yeah. And I don't see how that happens unless everyone loses. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll know in a couple days. I just um. So what's your what's your rooting? What does it look like? I'm rooting for Louisville. I'm rooting for Oklahoma State. I'm rooting for Iowa. And okay. I'm rooting for the Alliance uh, Stadium in Las Vegas to collapse. <laughs> that every all 160 players get COVID. Yeah, that's the other thing yeah. that's that uh, is interesting with Florida State losing their quarterback. It's like even if Florida State wins, do they get jumped? Do you yeah. think if Florida State wins, they're in? Yes. Yeah. They should. I mean, they I they should be. They won their conference. They're undefeated, and it doesn't seem like the quarterback losing their quarterback has affected them. I mean, they moved up. Losing. Right, losing Jordan Travis. Well, yeah. I mean, so they moved up because Ohio State. Moved I just down. don't under. I I do not understand the Ohio, Ohio State should be eight. Well, I get, I get that. I, I said that too. But I think here, I think Florida State's in, and again, it goes back to the thing we always talk about: money. Florida State's in the SEC. Both Clemson and Florida State have had have, have uh, ACC have toyed toyed with the idea of leaving the ACC. They're both in the, the they've talked about with the ACC, um, and I think they might have. I'll have to go back and look. I can't remember about dispersing the revenue shares differently. So Florida State and Clemson would get more than the rest of Can't the do that. They can do that. I they know, but that's that that's bogus. Well, yeah. I I mean, that's how the Big 12 was for forever. That's why a lot of, like, A&M left, yeah. right? Because they weren't getting a fair share because of the Longhorn Network. So I think if you have an undefeated ACC champion... Florida State, and you don't put them in, then you will. That could be the first ripple in creating college football as an independent entity outside of the NCAA. Right. Right. I agree. 
it's too big of a name to be undefeated to be in the ACC. They're already like they've already talked about it a couple times. It's funny because they tried to go to the SEC and the SEC didn't want them. Did you know that they, they were went, invited to the SEC with in like the '90s when they were expanding when Bowden was still there? And and I I just heard an interview. I can't remember who it was, but they said they had a personal conversation with Bobby Bowden. He's like, "Why would I go to the SEC when we can beat up on the ACC and win every year?" Every yeah. year, that's after Florida. In this, in I think it was the early '80s, Florida State tried to go to the yeah. SEC, and they got shut down. Yeah. yeah. So, I think you think Georgia's yeah, I mean, in even if they lose. Yeah, I mean, I think Georgia. No way. I, I think you can't. Sh- I think you can't shut out the SEC. And I think the way that they did this, with only moving Ohio State to the six. Instead of moving them down to the eight, they've given themselves a buffer to keep Alabama out. I don't think they did it to keep Alabama out, but they'll get. They would give themselves an argument to to say we're keeping we're keeping uh, Georgia at the four and move everybody else up. I think if Michigan, Washington, and Florida State win, then you can slot Georgia in at the four if they lose. That's I, I, I see that as like their most likely scenario because one history they want to see they want to be able to tout going for three in a row but with an asterisk so I, <laughs> what, what which is what which is if they, they don't win, win their if they don't win the conference and they still get in over the team that beat them with the same record as the team that beat them now that's wild. To me, head to head, right? Yeah, head, head to, to head. head. But but if Georgia doesn't get in, then I think Texas would get in if they won. Then it would be Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and Texas, because Texas beat Alabama head to head, and they have the same record. And and they won their conference. And they have like almost identical in all the categories, like we were saying: strength of schedule, strength of yeah. record, all right. that. So it's either Georgia or Texas if Alabama wins and everybody else wins. So that's why you I'm gonna tell you this: you if Alabama wins for and they don't get in, the state of Alabama will burn to the ground. And like I said, that may not be the worst outcome. Well, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose a lot of rocket ships. <laughs> but why would it? Yeah, that's well. Yeah, yeah. Did the did the uh, space force end up in Huntsville or not? No, they're in Colorado Springs now, aren't they? Yeah, because they're Springs. they're milking off the teat of the Air Force. They can't do their own thing, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, you think Alabama will be that upset? Uh, I might burn something to the ground. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, that's just well, crazy, we... isn't it? That the team you beat in the championship gets in over you. Yeah. I would much rather Alabama and Georgia get shut out. Then Georgia stay in if they lose. Fair, fair. It would be hard to. I think Florida. I think Florida State's going to lose. I don't know. Louisville's had two really bad losses. They have. They've They've had terrible losses. They lost to Pitt and Kentucky. Kentucky. I don't feel as bad about the Pitt's inexcusable. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. It starts on Friday. Four p.m. Don't call me. Friday is the first championship. Two, is that the Tulane? Oregon, Washington at 8. Oregon, oh, Washington, Oregon, Washington's Friday. 
yeah. It's on what do you? On what? Friday, which today. one do you think? Uh, who do you want to see win that one? Man, I don't know. I like Dan Lanning. I think Oregon's really fun. They're they are small. They're overrated. In, in but they are good. In some of their skill positions, I like. I want to see Penix. Yeah. I want to see Washington do yeah. it. I want to see. That's what I want to see. I want to see Washington do it. And but, then they'll put Oregon at. Uh, they'll put Oregon at seven, ahead of ahead of Alabama. And Alabama at yeah. eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, one lost champion. Yeah. Alabama stays at eight. <laughs> see that will burn Alabama. I mean, it's again. just I. It's I. I am glad this is the last year of this bull crap. For one thing, you gotta be. You gotta be careful though about talking about Alabama fans burning things because you know Tumor's Corner that was poison it's already that was happened. poison that was yeah. poison oh, that's true that was poison it didn't burn and did you see that they were toilet paper in Tumor's Corner before the uh, last play oops <laughs> yeah yeah whoopsies uh, you can get tickets to the uh, Big Ten pump pass kick uh, for $52 if you do if you want damn to. how much is the game 8 o'clock Fifty-two bucks, eight o'clock for the game or for the punt, pass, and kick. No, for the game. That's what I call oh, it because it's Iowa. right. Oh yeah. Hey uh, guys, what? Alabama's four hundred dollars. Hey guys, Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, what's going on? Hey guys, we're running. We're running a bit long here. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, that's it. We did it. No, talking about the tide. Oh, 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 I would okay. be. I would be remiss. Okay. If I didn't at least acknowledge that today is a great day. It is a great day. For the people of Vietnam, mm, Laos, okay. Cambodia, East Timor, mm-hmm. Bangladesh, Angola, Zimbabwe, Chile, Argentina, Uruguay, let's just say the mm-hmm. world. Because <laughs> after a long and storied career that ranged from prolonging and expanding the Vietnam War to facilitating genocide, civil wars, coups, death squads, 1973 Nobel Peace Prize winner Henry Kissinger was finally called home by Satan <laughs> yep. at the undeserved age of 100. Yep. The, the, the According to a statement from his geopolitical consulting firm Kissinger Associates, Inc. Not friends or loved ones, by the way. It's, yeah, it's, right. it's, it's its political consulting firm. Uh, Kissinger died on his toilet at his home in Connecticut. On his toilet? Elvis um, style? That's, wow. I mean, that's what I'm wow. hearing. That's what I they're like telling it. me. That's what Was he doing. reading a Tom this Robbins monster, book? <laughs> <laughs> this monster who had the blood of at least three million people on his hands. At least. Acor- at least according to his biographer, uh, Greg Grandin. Apparently his final wish on his 100th birthday was to see the movie Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. What? Which unfortunately releases December 22nd. Got him. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so but it might surprise you to learn that Kissinger, who, by the way, was photographed picking his nose and eating his booger at a trade conference <laughs> in Brazil in 1992, actually has a sports connection. Because he was the first officially named honorary member of the Harlem Globetrotters. Wow. Really? That's right. In 1976, Henry Kissinger was announced as as the first honorary globetrotter. Wow. And Kissinger was honored. I mean, 
by this point, he had already received the, the Nobel Peace Prize, ironically. Mm-hmm. But he said, quote, I'm not too good at the fast break, but I'm strong on defense. And despite my height, I'm a pretty good rebounder. It is an honor to be associated with a group whose won and lost record was certainly better than my own. My only worry is how I will look in short pants. So what's he got napalm scars on his legs or something? Could be. I mean, he he's in good company here. So he joins Bill Cosby, (laughs) Magic Johnson. Okay. uh, Jesse Jackson. Uh, Oh yeah, Rainbow Uh, Coalition. Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg, Bob Hope, and we've got uh, two popes, John Paul II and Francis, as well as Robin Roberts. From Good Morning America. I mean, that's an all-star team right there. Um, but unfortunately, Kissinger won't be around to fortunately game anymore. Um, with such a long and storied career, there are a lot of Kissinger quotes that uh, could be engraved on his headstone, like, quote, the elderly are useless eaters. Uh, but some sources say that the the quote will actually be engraved. Uh, This place is not a place of honor. No highly esteemed deed is commemorated here. Nothing valued is here. What is here was dangerous and repulsive to us. Oh, sorry, wait. I'm, I've just been reading the, uh, the inscription on the uh, long-term nuclear waste warning (laughs) messages. So, but yeah. Whoops. Um, one of the most evil humans of the 20th century, and there's a, there's quite a yeah. few of them. Well, that's it. We did it. We did sports. As always, I want to thank the Minister of Sound, Mikey Jr., Minister of Sound, Rafi Jetbelly Music, the Commissioner, Brandon Casberg, Food Editor, Dennis Chu, the Kentucky Colonel, Sean, and the Honorary Ball Boy. Uh, ball, ball Club. Don't say Henry ball, Kissinger. Ball Club here. Uh, I'm going to give it okay. to the Hokies of Virginia Tech after... Uh, actually, I take that back. I'm going to give it to the Cavaliers of Virginia after they got pounded this rivalry week by Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech went out on the field to take a team picture after the victory, and the grounds crew uh, there at Virginia promptly turned on the sprinklers. (laughs) A little troll, a little pettiness, but it's rivalry, rivalry week, so... Ball club of the week goes to the UVA Cavaliers. There was also a good quote, uh, uh, two things from Rivalry Week. It's a that's a Dave that's a Doran, tough one. coach of the NC State. They were four and three before their bye, and then they rattled off five wins to go there you nine go. And three on the season. They beat they beat North Carolina, yep. who has been slowly been falling off. And then afterwards, Dave Doran had a quote. I don't know. I I'm not. It's not right in front of me, but something about it's always nice to be around your people and beating a bunch of people <laughs> that aren't your people. <laughs> just kind of was like, I always love beating the, those people in blue and just went on and on and on. So I was like, yeah, this is yeah. petty. This yeah. is great. He's playing yep. the heel. Uh, I also, can I, can I add two sure. more things? I have one. Please. Have Matt Rule from uh, Nebraska with his quote about oh, the right. NIL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I what thought was that, it? He said, 
a good quarterback in the portal costs one million, one point five to two million dollars right now. And it seems yeah. like what are you talking about? But he's saying it's I think it's great that they're acknowledging the business side of things and that these kids were basic they were basically riding on free labor for too long and now they're having to realize Decades, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ever ever since Oklahoma <laughs> took it took the NCAA to the Supreme yep. Court. <coughs> and then one more thing, I just want to point this out. I while you were talking, please, I please I wanted, let's hear I, I looked this up. I wanted to see what our guy Jerry Palm, our colleague over at CBS Sports, has as his projections for who's going to play in what bowl. December twenty eighth, Pop Tart Bowl, Notre Dame versus Oklahoma <laughs> oh, State. Dude. Oh, dude! <laughs> I love it. <coughs> Please make that I happen. Love it. Please make that happen. Yeah. Also, shout out to Coach Stoops uh, from Kentucky, who was the Texas A and M coach for two hours until there was a fan revolt, and promptly returned to Lexington and said, "I never <laughs> planned on leaving. I don't know what you guys are talking about." Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email us at sportsportsportspod at gmail.com with any questions, headlines, or topics you want to discuss. And don't forget to rate us and subscribe. New episodes will be there every single Thursday where we will ask. How about some sports? Roll Tide. Yeah.